Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the podcast, Hope is Here. My name is Rhonda, and I feel like um, it's a good day for some fresh hope. I'm going to title this one, Is Your Heart Sick or Is Your Heart Merry? I'm getting this from two Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 12, that says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart does good like medicine. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's been scientifically and medically proven that when you think on bad things, when you think on negative things, um, when you're fearful, um, all those things that um, are not the thoughts that we're supposed to be meditating on are actually thoughts that release toxins in our body that actually affect our body. Um, they can cause all sorts of problems in our body, all sorts of ailments. And also if you have a merry heart, so if you're joyful, if you're laughing all the time, you're happy, then your body releases good chemicals. And it's actually been proven that those good chemicals can help heal and restore the body. Um, so it's, it's interesting how God put those scriptures in there and we think, oh, you know, it's all spiritual and everything. And while it is spiritual, and it is God's word. He actually put it there because it's how he created us. So when he created us, his intent for us was for us to be always thinking on good things, things that are virtuous, things of good report, things that are praiseworthy. These these are the things in Philippians 4:8. He tells us to be thinking on and the reason he tells us that is because he knows it's it's not just good for our soul, for our heart, it's good for our body. It releases those good chemicals. And so he's actually speaking something in scripture that's factual to how we are created. So I love that about the genius of God. And so that's why I titled this, um, how is your heart? How is your heart? Is it sick or is it merry? How you been feeling? I want to um, let you know that God shows us himself in scripture. He shows us his character. In, in several scriptures, but I just want to highlight Galatians 5.22 because a lot of us are like, okay, well, I don't really know who God is. I don't know what he's like, but he makes it clear in a couple of scriptures, kind of his attributes. Um, so he says in Galatians 5.22 that he's love, he's joy, he's peace, he's patient, he's kind, he's faithful, he's gentle, he has self-control, he has all these great uh, characteristics, right? So we see that. So if he says that, if he says these things, that he's good, that he's loved, that he's truth, that he gives good and perfect gifts, not bad ones, um, that's in James, you know, he, he, he tells us who he is and it's all this good stuff. Then we have to know in everything that we read in the Bible, we have to have that perspective. We have to have the correct perspective on the truths and the promises and the stories that we read in the Bible. So you can't take a scripture out of the Bible, like one line, and you can't build a doctrine on it. You can't, you can't build, um, you can't build a doctrine or a belief system or describe God based on just one scripture. You have to really read it in its narrative. You have to read it in context. So then you're able to kind of draw back and see God's hand in it and what he's actually doing that's good in it. So an example would be the book of Job. So we see a lot of bad things that happened to Job in the beginning of, of that book. And we see that the devil did this to him. And then we see God at the end, he comes in 
and he asks all these questions, you know, to, to Job to get him thinking about who God is. What he's doing is he's trying to get Job to, to see his perspective because Job had a different perspective. His friends were telling him, man, what in the heck did you do to have all this happen to you? I mean, his family was destroyed. His livestock was destroyed. His home, he started to get sick. All these things came from his real enemy, the devil. But God was trying to come in and say, that's not me. This is who I am. So he starts by asking Job these questions to get Job to think, to rethink again on who God is, what his nature is, what his character is like. Now that could have been enough because Job said a couple times towards the end of the book, oh my gosh, some of the, the words I uttered were so incorrect and I repent, I'm sorry, I, I did not know the truth, now I do. And that could have been fine, except God went further than that. He restored everything. He wanted to show Job that I'm here to restore your family, your livestock, your home, bring you health again. And then he just poured extra on it. Like he gave them larger amounts of it. He gave him an abundance, right? John 10.10 tells us the thief, it's the thief, the devil, who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, but I am the one who gives life. And what else? That's right, life more abundant. So God was actually trying to get Job um, to see who he was, who God was, and that he wasn't the one that did all that to him. So he was changing the perspective. That's that's just one example in the Bible. We we just need to see the entire Bible from the character of God, from who he is, his goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness. You know, even in the Old Testament, when we see these catastrophes happen, we have to be able to pull back and look at the entire narrative. We have to know that at the very beginning, God had great plans, still has great plans for us. His desire is that we, are, we have provisions and we have promises. You know, it's man's decision a lot that, you know, we just, we go different ways and we, we choose to do things our own way. And, and, and God had already set it up really good. He's like, here, I have all of this. This is who I am. And this is what I want to do. And then when man changes, you know, changes the narrative on his own and decides to go his own way, well, that's when things kind of start to fall apart. So we have to be able to see the character and nature of God and everything that we read in the word of God. And that's, especially right now in this season, that's what I feel like he is calling his church and people to do. People want to see, he, people want to see goodness, right? They want to see the goodness of God. I just don't think that a lot of us are aware that it exists and he is wooing and calling us back to the truth, back to his absolute truth. He's telling us, don't look anymore for the world's narrative to be your truth. That is not the truth. That's not the absolute truth. He is the absolute truth. And so when we think about God and when we read about God and when we think about the times that we're in now, we have to make sure that our heart aligns with his heart and with what he is thinking. First Peter 5, 8 Peter actually um, charges the church and he says, look, I need you guys to be aware of something. He says, I need you to be sober. I need you to be vigilant because you have an adversary, the devil, who is looking for people he can devour. And what Peter was saying is he knows who you are. He knows that you know about God, but he knows that if you don't know enough about him and his character, he's going to chew you up and spit you out. That's exactly not what Peter said, but that's just me paraphrasing. And um, how can he do that? Well, he can do it to those who don't know God, 
who don't know what the hope and promises are. And so those are the people that will buy into the lie, that will buy into the false narrative. And so as long as we're living here on this earth, we are always going to have an enemy who's going to try to trip us up, who's going to try to convince us otherwise, that God is not good, that this is a terrible situation and we have no way out, and there is no end, and there is no hope. Those those are the lies from the enemy. That's the agenda he has. And God is constantly trying to get us to change our perspective and see God's agenda. He wants us to see things the way he sees things and and the way he does things. Romans 8.28 says he is working everything out for the good, for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Remember, he's the good one. The devil's the bad one. God is the good one. It's cut and dry. It's pretty easy. John 10, 10. It's like the theme for the entire Bible. It's the theme of who God is and who the devil is. And so Peter was kind of charging the church and saying, hey, just be aware of that. Just be aware that the more you know of God, the more you're going to be really uh, perceptive and, and see that rat coming and trying to convince you otherwise. And you just need to stand your ground and know where your hope comes from. And so some of the names that I, I want to share with you today um, are names of God that are in the Bible. And this is also going to bring us hope and remind us that we have a reason to have a merry heart. Um, even when we're in situations that we can't understand or we don't have a solution for yet, and I, I emphasize yet, um, that every time we cry out to God, He hears us. And you don't have to be a perfect person to cry out to God to have him hear you. I, I, I really know he needs you to know this. He needs you to know he's not looking for a perfect person or a mighty theologian who knows all of the scriptures or someone who does 10 good deeds every day. You don't have to do anything to earn God's attention. God knows you now. God sees you now. God hears you now. And we, we hear that in, in the scripture of Isaiah 30, 19, it says, He is very gracious at the sound of your cry. And when he hears it, he will answer you. So he's very gracious when you cry out to him. He hears you and he answers you. In Genesis chapter 16, um, we read a story of Hagar and Sarah. And I can't, I don't have the time to go into all of it. So I encourage you to go read that, read that story. But in this particular episode of the Bible, Hagar is getting a little arrogant and prideful. And when she does, Sarah gets angry. And so um, that collides. Hagar's pride and Sarah's anger collide. And when it collides, Hagar doesn't know how to handle it, so she flees. She runs. She runs out into the desert or wherever, and she collapses. And then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord meets her. He's like, so where are you coming from and where are you going? In other words, what's your plan here? I mean, you just took off. What's your plan? Well, first of all, I don't need to take lightly that, did I just say the angel of the Lord met her? Like how many times has that happened? So first off, I can imagine, no, I can't imagine what she saw, what she heard, what she felt when the angel of the Lord appeared before her. But let's get back into the dialogue. So he says, Where, where'd you come from and where are you going? He's trying to get Hagar to understand she is taking off. She's not trusting God. So she obviously doesn't have an answer. She doesn't know where she's where she's going. She doesn't have a plan. And so he restores her. He starts to restore and he says, listen, I know you've just conceived a child. And when you give birth to that child, it's going to be a boy and you're going to name him Ishmael. Because Ishmael means God will hear. 
because God has heard your affliction. And then she says, oh my gosh. And she calls him, you, he, she says, you are the God who sees me. And so his name there is El Roy, E-L-R-O-I, because that means he is the God who sees. And so even in this episode, and if you read, like I said, you read the entire story, it kind of, uh, it gives you an, another, oh my gosh, it gives you another perspective of the goodness of God. Because if you read about Hagar and, and Ishmael, you know, and then when Hagar gets prideful in this scene and she leaves, some people might say, well, you know what? Hagar deserved that. But you know what? That's not who God is. One of his characteristics is his mercy. And in his mercy, he met her. And he said, I heard your affliction and I see you and I want to restore you. And so he he calls her to go back to where she came from and he restored her and she gave birth to a boy and she named him Ishmael and you'll have to read the rest of the story. But anyway, I just wanted to give you that example too, because I think a lot of us feel like, well, God will only hear me if I'm a really good person. And I don't know that I'm that good of a person, but what's what standard do you have? I mean, you know, if we, our standard really is Christ and there's no way we're going to meet up to that standard. We just aren't. And God knows that he knows that, but he loves you anyway. He loves you so much that he sees you. He knows you, he hears you and he answers you and he wants good things for you. He did not create a pandemic. Remember he's the healer. He's called Jehovah Rapha, which means the God who heals. Why would he call himself that? Why would he call himself a healer? If he's just going to create pandemics and sicknesses and diseases, that's not who he is. Remember, who's evil? Who's good? Get your narrative right. Get your perspective. Get your perspective right. Get your heart aligned with God's heart and get to know him. He is wooing you and calling you into a deeper relationship with him. He wants you to know him better because when you do, you can have confidence You can have confidence in the hope that you have and your joy can be restored. Yes, even today, your joy is not for the future. Your hope is not for the future. Your hope is for now. He wants you to be hopeful now because even though you can't see what he's doing, he is doing something good because that's what he says he does. He does good things. So he's doing something good right now and he has solutions and he has strategies. And I believe that he is downloading them to the church and we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's what scripture tells us. We will surely see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I believe that. I want you to believe that. Not just because I said it, because I'm not the one that penned it. He's the one that penned it. He's the one that said it. So I'm going to continue to remind you of his goodness. Or if you don't know about it, I'm going to continue to introduce you to his word and to his goodness. And I encourage you, look these scriptures up for yourself. Open up your Bible and look at them and make them your own because they are yours. And he is good. So stay tuned for more hope, more encouragement. There's so much more to come. I have so much more to share with you. So stay tuned and remember, hope is here.